Welcome to the highly caffeinated fitness way. And this is the second time we started this fucking thing because the <laughs> laptop decided to fucking stop. Prick of a thing. Keep going. And it looks like we're still cool. How you doing, Shona? <laughs> Fine. I was just saying how bloody roasting it is today. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's recap that last. Well, what we felt like <laughs> ten minutes worth of chat that we fucking missed because the fucking laptop shut itself off. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's muggy as hell today. It is. It's roasting. And it's, I just want some sunshine with it, though. But you get that next week. Yes, holiday next time. week. Holiday time. And you've had a few gigs this week, so it's been a busy one. It's been busy, busy. So yeah, so we've got a gig tonight as well, um, mm. which is all good. And then yeah, just keeping keeping busy, keeping busy. Good. So we've got four questions to go through today. Um, and yeah, we'll just get stuck in about them. Uh, the first question, in fact, actually, this is episode number thirty. Is it? Yeah, the big three O. Oh, boom! I that didn't realize it was thirty. Yeah, it's number thirty. Oh, already. that's very special. Oh, it's thirty. It's coming towards middle age. My age, yes. yes. Uh, so yeah, so I were at number thirty. So some good questions. Okay, first question up. Can soy protein stimulate muscle protein synthesis? And the simple answer to that is yes, mm-hmm. and Shona can tell you why. Yeah, I, I had to I had to research that a little bit because I was a wee bit unsure about the soy protein. But yes, uh-huh, um, it is a rich source of branched chain amino acids, particularly leucine, which um, plays a key role in stimulating muscle protein synthesis. Um, it can lead to an increase in muscle protein synthesis, similar to other high quality protein sources. Thorfid. Such as whey protein. Um, it's been found to be as effective as animal based protein sources in promoting uh, muscle protein synthesis when consumed in adequate amounts. Which I would not have actually known it was as effective as animal protein, if I'm being honest. I would have ranked it second. Yeah, I think it depends on also what studies you said. Because I found well, like one here yeah. from the ISSN, and they say that soy is considered a lower quality protein, hmm. complete protein, probably because it just doesn't have the same quantity of the amino acids. Well, that's but it's true, still yeah. it's still a more complete source than a lot of vegetarian and vegan other vegetarian and vegan options that have a lot of them have zero leucine in them, or like basically yeah. like scratching the surface. It contains more bioactive compounds, mm-hmm. um, such yeah. as like your azoflavones, flavones, 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 aren't vegetarian or vegan is about changing up your protein sources yeah just making sure that you're continuously or you're changing them up mm-hmm. um but also yeah i think what we're looking at is i think maybe minimum 20 grams to to stimulate mus- muscle protein synthesis yeah um and yeah that's what you're looking at for there but yeah pro- soy protein is probably one of the more complete options if you're a, a vegetarian vegan so yeah always a good shout Number two, and this is a question I like because it's this is another one that's like similar to any fitness question. How long is a piece of string? I know. Uh, so the question is, how can cardio hinder muscle building or strength, or is this a myth? So it is a myth, but it's also true. Oh. <laughs> that was the worst explanation. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh my it's, god. It's, 
So with anything, <laughs> with anything, it's very much a, there's a fine line that you have to, to sort of a fine tightrope that you have to walk. If you're doing too much cardio, it will hinder muscle building and strength because you're affecting your recovery. Yeah. So if you are gunning, gunning cardio left, right, and center, your body isn't doesn't have the capacity or the fuel to be able to rebuild uh, to rebuild or repair muscle. So it will have to sacrifice and, and choose what it's going to do. Um, so if you're doing too much cardio, it will start to hinder muscle building. Um, yeah. And that's kind of one of the things you have to think about. But there is no there is no doubt that you can work muscle building or hypertrophy and strength alongside cardio. It's, yeah. You can put them together. Um but you have to be smart about it. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing prolonged um, cardio exercise, um, what's happening is you're depleting your muscle glycogen stores. Um, and that's something that you, you need to have readily available to reduce the chances of fatigue um, and to help improve your muscle, your, sorry, your, your performance. So if you are depleting your glycogen stores, you're not actually providing your body with the energy to grow and develop. Yeah. You also find as well that um you'll also find as well that the, the recovery aspect of that too is so if you are banging cardio alongside your 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 lifting, you'll find that your energy levels will start to sap as it as yeah. the show has just said, which then affects what you can push in the sessions after. So if you are trying to make progressive overload, the chances of you progressively overloading are going to be lower because you're not you don't have the energy available in the tank to be able to keep pushing the weight upwards if yeah. building strength or building muscles like a goal. So it's one of those ones where you kind of have to, you know, there, there are huge benefits. Like the myth here is that people think that cardio is useless. It's not. Cardio is fantastic. And it's, a, it's something that is massively undervalued for a whole side of the fitness industry. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, I'm going to compete in a a bodybuilding competition and I'm not going to do any cardio. Well, yeah, you can do that, but actually the cardiovascular um, side of training is massively beneficial for your heart, yeah. your cardiovascular system, all that there, which is, we see at the moment a lot of older yeah. bodybuilders fall off the perch because their cardiovascular system. I was literally just about to say that. There was one recently, I'll not say his name, but it was one recently that's yeah. gone as well. So, you know, you have to, you know, this... Uh, you know, implementing cardio, like some high intense bursts of cardio, is probably one of the most important things for helping your heart health. Yeah, I um, love the high intensity stuff. Yeah. It's short as well. I, I prefer it. Like, I prefer stuff like sprints. I prefer yeah. stuff like intervals on like the air, the ski air, Absolutely. or the roar. Like Fifteen I, minutes any day over an hour. Oh, fuck that! The only time I'll do <laughs> like the only time I'll do an hour is if I go for a walk. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. and that's low. That's, I mean, low. that's low intensity. intensity. Yeah, but. That's the only time. Like yeah. I, I fuck. I, I did one marathon in my life, and I'll never fucking do another one because it's the most shit <laughs> fucking stuff in the world. But like low intensity, just plodding. Yeah. Unless you've got like when I walk the dog, that's generally when I do a lot of my writing and stuff, my content mm. for my social media. Yeah, I like it for headspace. Yeah, good, great for headspace. It's a great mm. meditation tool for me because yeah. I can't sit down in, in the quiet and try and meditate because I'll fucking annoy myself. <laughs> 
but so that's yeah. why, I mean, that's why I, I record my clients or I like them to record their resting heart rate. Mm. The number itself might not be completely accurate because we're relying on gadgets to tell us that. But the trend of where it, what direction it's going will indicate whether I think that they're at a good standard of fitness Yeah. Um, as well as building muscle mass. So. Yeah, but again, the same as anything, it's a, how long is a piece of string? Yeah. If you are, if you're, excuse me, if you're in a sport or if you do a, a discipline that involves lots of cardiovascular work, you'll probably find that your hypertrophy or strength gains are going to be slightly minimised because yeah. you have to focus on cardio. If you're trying to build muscle or you're trying to be stronger, you're probably going to have to slow down or not do as much cardio yeah. or sl- change it up slightly um, to be able to get the optimal effects of the training. But yeah. there's no reason why you can't sort of dovetail them together and make them work hand in hand. That's like that's 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 probably the myth that I would always say like kind of debunk is the fact that people are like, oh you can't do them both together. You can't. Yeah. It's quite easy. But we also the thing is we also forget the um, the cardiovascular effects of lifting weights. I know, and I think people forget that. I'm like, you're doing 12 to 15 reps. What do you think that's doing to your heart rate? That yeah. is elevated up into a cardiovascular zone. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. As much as, <laughs> as much as I'm 100 kilos, I'm actually, my heart rate recovers very quickly from I'm doing things like sprints on a treadmill or something like that. Yeah. I've got quite a good system that my heart comes back down. Weight, lifting weights, my heart stays higher for longer. Yeah, so does mine. So, like, you have to remember that you, yeah, maybe because there's something wrong with us, but that's not <laughs> um, But, yeah, but you have to remember that the cardiovascular effect of, of lifting weight is, is there and is very apparent as well. Oh, good. That was a good question. Uh, right, number three. Uh, this is a cool one. It does increase, well, it's not a cool one. It's a painful one if it happens. Anyway, let's get the question out. Right. <laughs> Does increased protein cause constipation and bloating even with a good fibre or water intake? Uh, it, it can do. So, like, there's the concept that um, a maximum amount of protein that the body can process in one single meal um, is called like, your protein threshold. Um, but there's lots of research that suggests that consuming around 20 to 30 grams of high-quality protein per meal is generally sufficient enough to maximize protein synthesis anything out with that could potentially be too much for your body to synthesize and yes it might cause constipation or bloating but again like we have this thing here where that might not be the protein that's the issue well yeah that could be the fact that you've just eaten too much it's the same thing as like you know you know we have this thing about focal like oh you know i'm gluten intolerant no, you just ate a bag of fucking pasta. Your stomach is bloated because you've eaten 500 grams of spaghetti, which is a whole bag and should be able to feed 10 people. Mm-hmm. That's why you're bloated. So you have to kind of take these things away. If you, for instance, you know, like, for instance, my wife, Laura, she has a milk. She's got, she's lacto. I think it's casein intolerant, actually, not, she's casein intolerant. So if she has casein, she bloats quite quite heavily quite badly so you know she but also she, if she went away and ate two pizzas she would also bloat yeah and it's completely different reasons why it is yeah so you kind of need to try and separate them a little bit it could be if you've got a, what you class as a good fiber intake you may be taking too much fiber and fiber is also another yeah. one that can, can, can constipate you and bloat you as well yeah you can actually take too much of that as well as with water you're drinking loads of water 
you're going to fill your stomach up. Yeah. It's going to make, take you to the toilet more often, but it's a real fine line. It's one of those ones, if you were to take in like a protein shake and you find that you bloat from that, maybe there's something there. Mm-hmm. But like if you're eating meals, and also think about, especially the fact that you're starting to tidy up your nutrition, you're eating more healthily, um, you will focus more on sort of food volume. So you, alongside your protein intake, you'll mm-hmm. also have higher amounts of vegetables because yeah. you get more cal- more food for your calories. Mm-hmm. That's more food in a small space in your stomach, which pay- may cause your stomach, and it's not bloating, it's yeah. just your stomach is full. Yeah. I mean, there is, there is definitely a protein threshold that your body yeah. can synthesise. However, your body's going to be completely different from somebody else's. So what I can synthesise at one time... Andy could probably, because of the size of him, he could probably synthesize more. Yes. Um, and that's why sometimes if you have too much protein when sitting, it's called, we call it expensive shit, because <laughs> you're just passing it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, it is dependent on the individual and what you're consuming with it, because protein needs, obviously, carbohydrates um, and, you know, fats in order to... For the body to process it properly and things like that so there's a whole host of things that, yeah, that can go under absolutely and i think we you know i think what the issue is is that most people will go into google and and like google what causes bloating and unfortunately yeah, protein the first problem, thing comes up the first thing that comes up is not the one that they go for or they've had it somebody mm-hmm. else has been oh you know i'm gluten intolerant oh i must be gluten intolerant no 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 yeah. So you need to kind of work. The problem with this stuff is you need to work this stuff out yourself, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's that's, a, that's again that's a shit answer for me because it's like it doesn't really give you an answer. But you need to work out what is yeah. the potential. What is the potential cause of the bloating? And is it actually bloating? Is it bloating, or have you just got a full stomach? Yeah. If I eat a lot of food, I'm not yeah, bloated, it, yeah. but my stomach is. My stomach will push yeah. because it's like we've got far too much in here. Yeah. But for instance. An evening in Fazenda with all the steak. Yeah. I will eat until I have I take my I'll take my joy pants from friends and just take <laughs> yeah, those bad boys. So um, yeah. Yeah, I guess you also have to consider do you have inflammation in the gut lining before you eat in the first place? Because yeah. I've had a lot of clients who have constant inflammation. That feels like the norm to them. Yeah. But it's not. And then of course if you're gonna you know, load the stomach lining with food on top of inflammation, it's just going to be an angry fucker. <laughs> well, that's it. And I think it's a lot, a lot of it is to do with, um, a lot of it is to do with your gut health. So, yeah. are, you know, this is why we promote the increase of things like vegetables and fruit and stuff yeah. to help your, the flora and your gut and your gut lining, etc. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I'm not saying like, you know, there are so many people that are like, oh, you know, I've got, I've got something wrong with my stomach. But then you look at what they eat and they're eating highly processed shit all yeah. the time. They're drinking, like, and I have no issues. This, the, actually, we'll cover this in the fifth question, the yeah. Spartan one, because that came out last week. Um, we'll add the fifth question in. But if you're drinking, if you have stomach issues and you're drinking shed loads yeah. of fizzy juice, it's not the Spartan that's the issue, it's the fizz and the fucking, the, fizzy, the fizziness, the carbonation in it that's going to annoy your stomach. So we have to be smarter about what it is we do and be smarter about what it is that you're putting into your body when you, if you have potentially have problems or issues with your gut. Yeah. Cool. Right, number four. Um, how would you approach training if you have muscle imbalances? Um, 
Well, first of all, you want to try and identify what the imbalance is and then, yeah, you want to try and get things as balanced as possible. So you have to work antagonistic and agonistic muscle groups in order to have a balanced physique and yeah. body composition. Um, and that's not just for aesthetic purposes, but that's also to reduce the chances of injury, um, for mobility, um, and just day-to-day movement, really. Um, so yeah, so let's say, for example, your hamstrings are overdeveloped. Um, that's going to give you a little bit of lower back pain. You want to try and balance that up with the opposite muscle group. So the opposite muscle group is usually the one that's um, at the other side, really. And that would be your quads. So if you have very dominant hamstrings, you want to take a little bit of time out of that and focus on building the quads. If you had an imbalance in biceps, the opposite muscle group or the um, antagonistic muscle is your triceps. That's actually one thing that a lot of people don't get is the golfer's elbow, tennis elbow. It's normally an imbalance between bicep and tricep. Yeah. The, the worst thing that you can do, so I'll go on the opposite end, the worst thing that you can do with a muscle imbalance is to, most people will say, for instance, I've had two knee operations now. Most people will think that they need to, they, they need to do a lot of work on mm-hmm. one side. And all that does is it actually just creates more of an imbalance. And the other thing that I see quite a lot is people using different weights for different sides of the body. Don't do that shit. Right? <laughs> if you're doing leg extension, keep the same weight for both sides. Um, keep the weight for both sides if you're doing it independently. Um, don't change the weights because that's all that's going to do is it's just going to stress that imbalance and make it worse. Um, but yeah, you're showing us like you kind of nailed it yeah. down there. You need to work opposing muscle groups. If you, and you know, this is where good posture comes from, is working the opposing muscle groups. And like, so, you know, if you have, if you're, if you've got rolled shoulders, you need to do more back work. Yeah. If you've got, if you've got uh, um, stressed, if your neck's stressed, you probably need to do a little bit more chest work because your back's too tight. So all these little things that came out to work through on there is about muscle imbalances. But a lot of it does come down to, um, a lot of it does come down to the fact that, you know, you get told and there's so many, there's still so much of this out there that, oh, you know, if you've got a muscle imbalance, you need to choose a different, choose a different weight for each arm or each leg. Yeah. And that's like, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> bench press with a 20 on one side and a 10 on the other because you'd end up breaking yourself <laughs> just because you've got a sort of tight pick. So yeah, but that's the best way to approach um, training. What I would suggest with muscle imbalance is that I would suggest a bit of unilateral work. So yeah. if you're doing things like I, I make sure in every single session I do some with legs, I do something that's unilateral for hamstrings and for quads just to make sure that my, my leg that I class as the one, it's not my bad knee, but the one that has been operated on, is getting all the work it can get out of it. Yeah. So making sure that it has its own, it has it has to do the work so the left leg doesn't take over. And I think that's something that we, we do forget about as well. Yeah. So the last question which just popped into my head there because we talked about it in the third, the, the one previously, is what did you make of the, the report about sweeteners causing cancer? 
Oh, I just, oh, you just know it's going to blow up on the internet as well. And it did, it absolutely <laughs> broke the internet. Well, as, soon as, as soon as you mentioned the <laughs> oh, words dear. sweeteners and cancer, nobody actually goes to read the report. Yeah, they, they just read the title. The problem is with these things is yeah, that people are scaremongered into avoiding it by yeah. reading the title and not actually going into detail and looking at the the participation pool, yeah. the results, um, and that, yeah, that was the issue really, wasn't it? Yeah. So the part, what basically what this was, was there was a bit a while back where people, there was a, a claim that aspartame, which is basically the sweetener that they put into fizzy juice to make it sweet, has a carcinogenic effect. Mm-hmm. And we've all, I think we all knew that it had carcinogenic effects. Yeah. But the problem that they have with these reports is, is that people think that because they drink, they drink one can of Diet Coke a day, they're now going to get cancer. Yeah. The carcinogenic effects don't really kick in until about five litres of the fizzy juice. If you're drinking five litres of fizzy juice a day... Well, yeah, we've got a problem. ...regularly, <laughs> it's not the fucking carcinogenic effect that you need to worry about. Your gut's going to be in absolute bits. Oh, I was your, thinking my teeth. I was like, teeth, oh my God, my teeth. Your dentist will punch you in the face <laughs> to remove the remainder of your teeth. Oh, dear. Um, also, the report that this was done on... Let me give me, give me a second. So the report that this was done on was done on 10,000 Italians. And... We cl- we all think we all say that Italians have a fantastic diet, etc. But it's also the country I've been to where I've seen the majority of people with a with huge amounts of caffeine and cigarettes. Yeah. Ca- coffee, sorry, cigarettes are known carcinogenic. <laughs> funnily enough, um, so yeah. So the the problem that we have is is that they're they're very it's a very blinkered. Yeah. You've got the one here. Participants were all from exactly the same place, so it could have been environmental issues. Yeah. Um, this was actually sent to me by our, uh, Scott uh, Scott Duncan. The whole study has a major conflict of interest as the people <laughs> doing study run a healthy eating business. <laughs> so you've got all these little things here, um, and also quite a lot, quite a lot of the participants of it also already had cancer. Yeah, I find that very interesting. I was like, well. Yeah. Yeah. The aspartame thing is aspartame thing's an interesting one. Should you probably drink less of it if you're drinking three liters? If you're drinking four liters of fizzy juice a day, no, don't be drink, drinking that. <laughs> but for the majority of people to have one can or two cans of diet juice a day, yeah. you're going to be fine. If you wanted to make it a toxic dose, that it would kill you straight away instantly. You would need to drink something like 700 litres in one go and you will drown before you die <laughs> basically so the problem is is this is this is the great this is this is the beauty of our industry we love a headline that scares the shit out of people to come in yeah to to, to freak them out basically and it's you know it's pretty poor chat as far as i'm concerned you should never be getting anybody to to try to make i'm kind of hoping that this is still working now yeah, it looks like it's, it looks like we're back on, but we're having some issues. I think something to do with garage band. Technology, pile of shit. But we're at the end anyway. So yeah. yeah, if you want to catch hold of us, you are Shred with Shona, and I'm Andy underscore ESG Fitness. The, the the Instagram handle for the podcast is highly underscore caffeinated underscore FWI. Please screenshot, like, share. Um, anything that if you if you like the podcast 
um, give us a rating on Amazon, Spotify and Apple. It just makes us more, the algorithm show up more so that we can potentially help other people. <laughs> so on that note, have an awesome day. Have an awesome weekend. Bye.